This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi everybody, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, also the founder of Summit Life Ministries. And this is my mom, Carmen. Our mission at Summit Life is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now, Dad, you said we're actually going to be talking about this is going to be the last segment of Hell's Best Kept Secret. Yeah. And yesterday we finished in Colossians, and we're going to jump back off in there, and we were talking about the sufficiency of Jesus' blood as the sacrifice once for all. No other sacrifice needs to be made because he paid all of it. He accomplished that work. And also that he disarmed Satan from his accusation that he could come back with us again. So could you take it from there? Yeah. This has been, I I think, about a two, a full two weeks on this segment of Hell's Best Kept Secret. Mm -hmm. But again, I wanted to have us go deep on this thing because mm-hmm. uh, there are three major pillars of revelation that comes out of the the life of Christ in mm-hmm. the uh, the last few weeks of his earthly life mm-hmm. and and those events are of tremendous import and importance to us because Jesus is the pattern son yeah. mm-hmm. and that the cross and the resurrection and the ascension are a revelation to us of where we're being taken in Christ. Mm-hmm. Also what we've been given in Christ. And, and so we can no longer look at these as just historical events. And yes, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And yes, Jesus right. raised from the dead. And yeah, he disappeared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ascended up. Uh, all three of these truths have been tragically neglected. And as I keep saying, they should be interactive experiences mm-hmm. that we, we uh, experience with Jesus the reality of them as we contemplate, concentrate, and mm-hmm. meditate upon them. So I want us to go back to Colossians chapter 2. And I want us to go back to where we left off in the last last episode. And I'll read the whole thing over again. But we talked about how there is no other offering that is needed, that Jesus' sacrifice canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Satan no longer has a case. Mm -hmm. The case has been settled. And there is a thing in law in the United States, in our Constitution, where we we say there can be no double jeopardy. That means that if you are uh, tried for a crime, not cried for a crime, (laughs) but tried for a crime, and you're declared innocent of that, the prosecutors cannot go refile charges against Mm -hmm. you and retry you for the same crime twice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there is no spiritual double jeopardy. Satan cannot say, yeah, but I had a lot of evidence against these people 
and uh, the case was signed, sealed, and delivered against them. God says, no, justice has been satisfied, but also there was a deeper law, a greater law, a higher law that was greater than the law of judgment, which you neglected to read the fine print. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is that mercy triumphs over judgment. So there is no case anymore. Justice was satisfied by my son dying in their place. No greater sacrifice, no no greater uh, life and offering, sin offering could be given than what was given to satisfy my wrath. I did not hold back any aspect of my wrath upon Mm -hmm. him. And as you know, David, we talked about uh, last week how Spurgeon said that when he drank the cup, he drank drank damnation dry. Every dreg of judgment, every everything that could be poured out upon him, death and hell was poured out upon uh, the pure, sinless Lamb of God. Uh, and and without me getting distracted and off road <laughs> on this teaching, but it does uh, you know parallel. Uh, there were two uh, animals that were prepared the week and chosen the week before the Passover offering. And that was, there was the Passover lamb, the Paschal lamb that would be examined and would be slain, Mm -hmm. uh, that would be offered uh, as a sin offering. It's, it's again, the symmetry, the providence, and the beauty of knowing how God um, unveils the mystery of his plan. While the priests were examining the lambs, that were the possible Passover lamb that would be offered in the temple. And there were a number that they were examining because they had to find a lamb that was without spot or blemish, no defect. The very day that the the lamb was being examined was the day that Jesus entered into Jerusalem Mm. and they proclaimed, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, uh, you know, the, the symmetry of the life of Jesus as the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. But there was also another animal that was going to be chosen, and that was going to be a goat. And that goat was going to be the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And that they would lay their hands upon this animal, and there would be a transference of all of the sin of the people that would be placed upon it. And it said that it would be brought into the wilderness and let go outside the city, outside the the camp. It would become uh, accursed. It would become untouchable. And it would there in the desert, it would die uh, alone and and rejected and despised, alienated Mm -hmm. and isolated and and released over. And to me, uh, that that act of of putting it into this place of wilderness and barrenness and death is the imagery of not only death, but also hell, separation from God, the absence of blessing, and the people would turn away. Once, once it was sent into the wilderness, they would turn away, shunning it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
as as it would become the scapegoat. Jesus was not only the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He became a curse. Cursed is the one who hangs on the tree. Mm -hmm. He would become the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we see in this passage that Jesus' sacrifice satisfied every legal demand. But then, not only does he suffer, he then advocates mercy. Uh, He suffers in our place. He suffers as us, but then cries out for mercy. And it says this, the legal demands, he set aside nailing it to the cross. By that, verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities. He he disarmed the the principalities and powers, the accuser, the adversary who who used that that status quo arrangement of going in with the other angels and using it to make accusation against us. And the Bible says he did it day and night, Mm -hmm. night and day. It says he disarmed the rulers and the authority. How did he disarm them? By taking away their right to accuse us. And then he put them to an open shame. I love this imagery because have you ever heard somebody being thrown out of court? Yes. Yeah. The, the, can you imagine? They used to tar and feather them, right? And didn't they, did they do that? Yeah, there was there. Like there was a shame involved. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if you brought a case that was an unrighteous case, an unrighteous accusation, and it was a travesty of justice, it was a travesty to the legal system, that was not a good thing. Uh, in another era. You can do that now through frivolous lawsuits mm-hmm. today. But when when there was justice in our land, that was not the way it was. But judges would throw people out of court. Mm-hmm. And that when, when we say thrown out of court, it wasn't just their case was removed from the docket. Literally, officers of the court would throw them as an act of embarrassment, public embarrassment, because there was such a high view Mm -hmm. and a high value of justice Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, the court system. And so it it prevented people from bringing frivolous uh, lawsuits Mm -hmm. or making false accusation because the accuser could become the accused. There could be this reversal of fortune and you could suffer the consequence uh, uh, where the the accusation could boomerang back upon you. So when it says this, he disarmed or stripped, one translation, I believe it's the King James says, he spoiled Mm -hmm. principalities. That's That's a term of a conqueror, who goes into a, another king's kingdom and and he has a, a treasury or an arsenal and he has a largesse to his kingdom. And, and now you have the legal right to take away what that king thought was his forever. 
And we need to understand that Jesus, the second Adam, as he now, we're going to look at his resurrection and ascension in future episodes. We can see that he goes and he binds the strong man, but he's going to go in and he's going to take back what this dark king, this dark lord, had stolen from Adam Mm -hmm. and from mankind. And so... In one way, he strips Satan from all of his legal ability to maintain his control over his captives, but also what he's taken away from those uh, people that have been his captives. And so he goes and plunders Satan's treasury. He begins to take back what has been stolen from the human race. And so it said he disarmed the rulers and authorities put them to an open shame, he throws them out of court. And we're going to see that this is a literal act that is done. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we're going to get there in this episode. It says, putting them to an open shame, embarrassing them, humiliating them, and triumphing over them in him. So this is the imagery where Satan confidently walks into the courtroom thinking that this is the way it's always going to be. I'm continuing to build my case. There's nothing that the devil can do about this, or there's nothing that God can do about this. I'm just going to put another layer of evidence of mankind's sin and transgression And in one moment through the cross of Christ, his case is unraveled. And now he is humiliated, embarrassed, and the king throws him out of the courtroom and says, don't you ever come back into my courtroom ever again and level an accusation against them. Their debt has been paid. Now, I want us to quickly go over to Revelation chapter 12. Because I want us to look at a passage of scripture in Revelation chapter 12. And I know that Revelation is a complex book. Mm-hmm. It's filled with prophetic symbols. It's per, uh, filled with, you know, bowls and vials and trumpets and seals and all these things and seven churches. But there are what we call parenthetic chapters in Revelation that they're kind of like a parenthesis, and a parenthesis helps give explanation to what has been written about in a paragraph or in a sentence. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a parenthesis. Mm-hmm. It helps explain and review what has been revealed. And so when you look at Revelation chapter 12, it 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 goes back to the beginning of time when Satan fell, because we see a great dragon that mm-hmm. takes a third of the stars and the stars represent angelic beings. And so you see this fall of Satan and angels that went into rebellion against him. And then you see this this child who is born and, uh, and, and a woman who gives birth to this man child. And this child is caught up to God to his throne and God protects the woman. And so we kind of go through some of Israel's history and then the coming of the Messiah and the prediction that he would rule all the nations with a rod of iron. 
But I want us to look when this child is caught up to the throne of God and that he is destined to rule the nations. I want you to see what it says in verse 7. Revelation 12, 7. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and the dragon, and we know the dragon is always symbolic of Satan. Mm. Matter of fact, it tells us, it defines to us, Satan uh, is the dragon and the dragon is Satan. And then his angels fought back, but he was defeated. Now, where is this war occurring? In heaven. It says that it is in a heavenly realm. It's in a spiritual realm. And it says that the dragon was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown out. Now, many people would say, well, this is the original fall of Satan. No, we're going to see the timing of when this occurred. Because we know that he wasn't thrown out of heaven. Because in the book of Job, we realize that he came in and among the angels of God, the sons of God, as they were reporting back to God. <clears throat> now, it doesn't show us in the translation that I'm reading from the exact uh, Greek language, or it uses an alternative phrase that is not necessarily the way it's worded in um, the Greek language or in some of the earlier English translations like the King James uh, translation. But in verse 9, it says the great dragon was thrown out. In the King James or in the New King James, it says he was cast out. Mm -hmm. This is the same exact Greek phrase that is used in John chapter 12, where Jesus said the prince of this age Mm -hmm. will be cast out, not temporarily. We see that Michael is an officer in the court and that when Jesus takes his place as the, in his, he is enthroned after his ascension Mm -hmm. and he is seated There is obviously an execution order Mm -hmm. that Jesus gives, and that is to remove this being from this place, Mm -hmm. and you will never, ever defile or trespass into this holy place ever again. And he is removed in a final sense, Mm -hmm. forever banned from entering into the throne of God. Hebrews tells us that the heavenly things were purged or purified. Purged is actually an equivalent synonym to purify. There was this purging. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've ever heard about uh, a regime purging the leftovers of another administration or another regime, it means that no one that worked for the former boss Mm -hmm. or no one that worked under the former government is left in that regime or that administration. So he purified heaven by purging it from anything that would defile it. 
Now, then he goes on and says this, that great dragon was cast out or thrown down. That ancient spirit who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard, this is the timing, this is what is proclaimed in heaven. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power or the authority and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. That's why Jesus could say in Matthew 28, all power, not only in earth, but in heaven and earth are mine. Mm. Then he says this, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night. I want to end this episode by saying this. There are many Christians that believe today that Mm -hmm. Jesus is on one side of the Father and Satan is on the other side and they're still litigating and Jesus is mediating mercy for us and Satan is rendering accusation, continuing to make accusation against us. The only way the accuser can make accusation against us now is in our own heart and mind. His voice has been silenced in heaven. He's been removed from heaven. There is only one person that stands at the right hand of our Father, and that is our advocate, our mediator, Christ Jesus, our faithful high Mm -hmm. priest who now uh, speaks on our behalf yes. a better word. A better. The judgment seat is now a mercy seat. And we need to every day remind ourselves that Satan has been removed yep. from his accusatory place of a prosecutor. His voice has been forever silenced. And the only voice now in heaven that represents uh, humanity now is Jesus Christ, the faithful mediator and high priest of a better and a greater confession. Bless you guys. so thankful. Amen. Thank you, God. Well, that's all we have for you today. If you have any questions about today's episode, make sure to put them in the comments section. If you want to just get to know more about Summit Life Ministries, make sure to check us out at summitlifeministries.com. If you want to get all things Summit Life or just get all the updates from us, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube. But guys, we love you for being with us each and every day. Thank you and God bless. Bye. Love you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.